The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. All right, time for another episode of The Adventure Jogger. Jeff Stafford is here with me in the house, and we have kind of an issue before we get to our guest. We have two White Claws left to drink while we're recording this episode of the podcast. One is Ruby Grapefruit, and one is Black Cherry. Now, since you've been helping me work on my house, I think you should get the Black Cherry. I, I appreciate that, but I want to be fair about this, so I think we're going to flip a coin. All right, flip a coin. You flip, Jeff. You call. What do you want? Heads or I'm going to call it. I'm going to flip it. You call okay, it. Okay, I'm going to call All heads. Right. Are you ready? Here we go. Heads. All right. All right. Um, tails. Tails. So which one do you want? Well, that's that's a no-brainer. All right. So <laughs> Stafford's getting the black cherry, and I get the god-awful ruby grapefruit. Yeah. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> All right. Bottoms up. Prost. All right. Mm. God, that's awful. Okay. So the guest we have for you on the Adventure <laughs> Jogger, not since Tom Selleck has a man so been attached to his facial hair, and he's become an icon because of it. He's... He's known for the sweet stash. Dominic Grossman is on the Adventure Jogger. Dominic. Hello, hello. Welcome, welcome. How are hello. you, man? Oh, man. Thank you for, for acknowledging that. Sometimes it's it's out there and no one, no one acknowledges it. It's kind of like the elephant in the room. <laughs> Thank I you. Think, I think we need a little background music with it. We'll get to that in a, in a minute, Dominic. You're, you're drinking something on your end. It doesn't look like it's White Claw. What is, what is Grossman enjoying today? Um, I've just been having uh, a long day. So, so mom had a... Uh, <laughs> Had had a mom day out. Um, she is out uh, on this this rugged uh, uh, North Backbone Trail, and just um, having a, a day to herself. So I was working and being a dad, uh, working from home and being a dad, yeah. and uh, and I, I earned myself a Pepsi. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, normally I'd go for a beer. But I'm just exhausted by uh, being a. Full-time dad and full-time... Uh, you like it was cold, it was convenient, there. it was there. Right, so. right. So, so, Dominic, here, we're, we're, we're in the south right now. You're, you're in the Pacific Northwest, and we're... we're southwest, southwest uh, L.A. area. Okay, you're, you're yeah. L.A. We're, we're in the south, and um, Coca-Cola is the, is the soda of choice. Coca-Cola. And so, around here, the only time you ever hear Pepsi is when the waitress goes, is Pepsi Okay. Right. <laughs> no, and Coke, no Pepsi. It, no, that's a hundred percent. We um have a funny story. One of my friends, uh Jim Dean Freeman, he was at the Western States Hundred for the first time. He trained, you know, himself to to uh to to do well in the heat and taking all these precautions, but he was just having a bad day. His stomach went went south and at a mile forty or thirty-seven is uh, dusty corners since the heat of the day. And uh, we didn't bring his his Coke, and he's a very strict Coke guy. We didn't bring his Coke because he, he said, oh, don't give me caffeine before mile 50. But he was like, no, it's 37. I need caffeine now. It's, no. it's bad. Yeah. And we're like, we didn't bring it. We we walked from the aid station without it. And uh, and he was, like, ready to quit, like, <laughs> legit ready to quit Western States. Um, luckily, there was, like, it was kind of like a, a Big Joe Green moment where there was a kid who like saw what was happening. He was like maybe like eight or nine years old. He was like, do you want a Coke? I have a Coke. And he just grabbed it. And he, was like, yes, I do. <laughs> he was like, so because the eight stations at Western States only had Pepsi that year. So he was just like, if, if this is the only Coke you have, I'll take it. And just like, <laughs> it's, not right the the kid. it's not the same. He didn't give him his Jersey though. Cause I think it was covered in puke at the time. But, oh um, man. <laughs> that would have been a great, coke moment but, but but i'll say i prefer coke uh but we are strict budget shoppers so whatever is the sale of the uh when we buy it like a monthly we maybe buy a 12 pack like every month or two then we'll sam's say, club. okay yeah well if i can save four dollars then i'll take it right so. yeah exactly yeah dominic let's kind of get the the dominic grossman story where did you grow up 
I grew up uh, right on the beach uh, by LAX, which is uh, the airport in LA, uh, a little town called Playa del Rey. And um, my dad was a senior engineer at the uh, researcher at the Brand Corporation. My mom was a banker turned turned homemaker, and I was the uh, the kid with the mushroom bowl cut, um, <laughs> little uh, beach community kid. And I uh, grew up surfing and swimming and skateboarding, playing water polo. And then I uh, got into running when our pool broke in like my freshman year of high school. So I was like 2001, yeah. I started running and um, got into the Students for LA program where they, they train you to run a marathon. Yeah. And I uh, got pretty, pretty okay at that. And uh, then got into cross country and track and sure. um, ran in college at the Naval Academy. And uh, after a few years, I finally uh, got into ultra running in 2008. And so since 2008, I've been an ultra runner. So the Naval Academy, did you have to spend some time in the Navy? Um, normally, yes, you do. I, uh, I was on the uh, uh, engineering path there, and uh, I thought I was going to be a, a Navy SEAL or Marine and, and just, you know, um, love it, and I just didn't. And so uh, I got out after a few years, and, um, the, the, of course, the great irony is that almost every program I've worked on in my engineering career has been for the Department of the Navy. <laughs> ironically so, yeah <laughs> yeah so one way or another you know it, it all works out i am i am serving the navy in some capacity i guess right right i love how everybody dominic has a story and they find running in very unique ways whether it's to lose weight or you know, they're bored or whatever i love the fact that you got into running because your pool broke yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, great! The pool's broke. What am I going to do right. now? Had that pool not broke, you wouldn't be yeah. on, you wouldn't be on the adventure jogger right now. You would be on Water Polo Daily, that big water polo podcast, talking yep. about your huge water polo career. Yeah, no, it's it's totally true. I mean, it it uh, at first I was really upset. I was, uh, you know, I'd been a swimmer all my life, and then got into water polo, and I thought, oh. You know, they're going to fix the pool, right? They're going to eventually take care of it. And we had this deal where we were a high school that was on a university campus. The university was like, no, we don't have a swim program. We just do it for like, you know, PE classes. We don't care. And they just never fix the pool. And I was like, oh, man, this is terrible. Like, this is injustice. You know, I have a, a God-given American right to a pool. And no and, swimming. What? Yeah. <laughs> And then, and then my eyes just opened up as I started, you know, running, uh, you know, laps around the campus and stuff. I was like, wow, I can see more than the bottom of the pool or, you know, someone's <laughs> arm about to smack me in the face. It was just like a sensory overload. And so I, I felt, I definitely fell in running once I, uh, I tried it. Did you, did you fall in real quick? Was it something where you didn't struggle and just kind of picked it up real easy? Oh yeah. I, I mean, I wasn't immediately great at it cause it was kind of like calibrating, you know, my legs and my effort level. And I, and I, and I a hundred percent, um, uh, relate to people that say, Oh, running just really hard. Cause I did the same thing. I thought that running was just running as hard as you can for as long as you can. And yeah. there's more to it, of course. Um, so I had like lots of the problems with pacing and I'd be like in a 5k cause, uh, that was re re really how it started. So I didn't want to practice for it at all. Um, but then I, you know, they, they bust you to these races, um, weekly, or a monthly get bust to like a 5k, 10k half marathon, 30k, and then the LA marathon. And, uh, I just got bust to a 5k one morning and I was like all tired and grumpy. And I started running the race thinking, Oh, it's going to go great. And I like cramped up in like a quarter mile or whatever. And I was like, Oh boy. <laughs> and then eventually, uh, started calibrating like, okay, I, I think I can run this fast. I think, okay, okay, I can't run that fast. And then I, you know, it calibrated and I practiced a little bit more between the races and I got better and better where I'd, I'd usually be in my age group. And, um, and, and then I, uh, went kind of headfirst in the marathon and that was a really big blow up. That took me like four hours and 20 minutes or something for my first marathon. But after that, it was kind of like, I had, I, I count. So I you obviously started and was, road running first then. Yep. Road Primarily. Running. I, yep. do, I do think this, this endears Dominic Grossman to our listeners because a lot of times, Dominic, when we talk to people that have their own Instagram page with thousands of followers, they're like, ran my first marathon, didn't go so well. It was like two and a half hours. You're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible. 
<laughs> and the average runner's like two and a half hours for a for a crap like you're calling a crap marathon two and a half hours. Most people, their first half is is yeah. two and a half is, hours. Two and a half hours. So no, I'm 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 totally a human being. I, I'm a bona fide human being. I I did not uh, just start running and uh, walk on water. That was not me. <laughs> so the pool broke. You couldn't walk on water yeah, even we're, if you tried. There was no water. There walk on. Yeah. Right. So w- when did you find out about ultras? Oh, so so yeah, I, I didn't even. I had no clue about ultras all through high school and college, <clears> and then. Um, it was funny. Someone on my cross country team in college, it was Division One program, is pretty competitive. Yeah. yeah. Um, but someone on it had gotten an Easter present from their mom. It was a Dean Carnassus Ultra Marathon Man book, and uh, he kind of just like read it and was like, "Man, this is this is weird." And he just like gave it up for anyone else that wanted to uh, to read it um, to to pick it up. And I was kind of going through some changes where I I just knew like from from everything I'd done in running, like I just wasn't going to be an Olympic trials guy. I wasn't right. going to be a, uh, all American, you know, I, I, I struggled to make the traveling team. Um, so most of the time I was, you know, for the meets, I was running workouts on a Saturday or whatever. So, uh, so I kind of knew like the Ryan was on the wall. I do something else in running. Right. And, um, I read it and it just kind of spoke to me of like, wow, like what if, my ability because I, I also was you know a, a different training to become a navy seal and and whatnot and, and i was like what if i could take all those things that i i practiced you know with uh dealing with you know being muddy and dirty and and beat up for hours at a time for days at a time what if i took that and applied it just to my running and going really far and, and when i read like the se- uh, segment about western states it was just like captivating and oh, so actually yeah as I left the Academy in the summer of 2008, I, I wanted to go up to um, Western States and watch the race and volunteer and just like see it for myself. Cause I was like, this is so amazing. Um, I, I have to go. And, and my mom was all ready to, to go with me and everything and got canceled in 2008 for a fire uh, danger. But um, regardless um, I had the bug. And so uh, that summer, went july a 50k and um up in the bay area and uh, then in august a 50 miler uh, in southern california on mount mount wilson um used to be called mount disappointment now anf uh, 50k uh, used to be a 50 miler and then uh, i finished that 50 miler so the 50k went well i got like third 50 miler it went really bad i was near the front for the first quarter and then it bands went south on me and i got dehydrated and everything and i was like 11 and a half hours and mid-pack um and i should have just like going home from that race i should have been like all right i need to i need to practice more and i went home and the next day uh, signed for a hundred miler yeah. a month later. <laughs> and so a month later I was on a hundred miler start line. Um, still didn't really understand like diet, nutrition, all that stuff. Um, just totally winged it and ran that in, uh, like 24 and a half hours. Um, and that was when I was 21 and, uh, yeah, I, I didn't really I was so used to getting beat in running in yeah. <laughs> in college that I was like, okay, right. well, I was successful once, <laughs> uh, not successful twice. Yeah, that's a good. It's a good thing. I was successful <laughs> once, one out of three. That's amazing. And so, uh, and so I kind of just stuck with it, and I and I still made lots of mistakes for the next couple of years, but I was just really hungry and into it, and um, it, I got better year by year. There's some dude, by the way, Dominic, that beat you in that hundred miler. Then when he looks at your Instagram, he's like, oh, I don't know why all those people follow Dominic Grossman. I beat his ass in that 100 miler in 2008. No, that's perfectly fine and fair. I mean, <laughs> I, I'll admit it. I mean, I, I did not know everything at the time, and I still don't know everything. But uh, in that immediate moment, I was pretty much um, just like, you know, hanging on by my fingernails trying to finish it. That's, okay, you, dad duty. Hey, if you got to do dad yeah. duty, Dominic, do not apologize at all. You got to do what you're you like, got to do. Thirty seconds. I'm yeah, trying to yeah, say. Yeah, you're all good. We can edit yeah. this. No, we leave it in. Dominic Grossman's got dad duty, and I want to talk about that in, in just a little bit because I think that's, you know, it's life changing when when you have kids. How's that? How's that black cherry, white claw going down? Pretty smooth. Yeah, this ruby grapefruit's awful. <laughs> <laughs> who thought this was a great idea I, to I, make this flavor? I don't know. 
What did we decide the worst flavors were? That was one. This is one of the worst flavors. There was um, another one that was not so no, well received. Uh, tangerine was okay. That's okay. Was yeah, it, I'm trying to think of what the, the other one was. Was it le- one lemon? No, lemon's really good. Lemon and lime are really good. The watermelon, I like that. Yeah, wa- yeah I, think, I think we all just decided that ruby grapefruit is the absolute worst. It is. It's, it's the bottom of the barrel. White Claw. By the way, uh, Jeff is wearing his White Claw Fun Run t-shirt that's right while we're recording this by the way if you do hear background noises we are in the kitchen and the house is in a state of disrepair so you may hear the sound of of dishes being done in the background dishes cabinet banging all (laughs) kinds of things there you go make sure you're a little louder a little louder (laughs) no no wham that's that's my wife who by the way is getting ready to run her first half marathon gonna be running the fall creek falls half marathon in just over a week she caught oh, the running bug. Oh, boy. She may have to be one of our guests on one of these upcoming episodes. That would be an interesting interview. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. It'd be fun. You should interview her, and then you can find out what really goes on in the Pluckelman house. <laughs> you know? Right. Just have that. Just have that going on. Do you have dad duty all taken care of, Dom? Yeah, you know, the number one problem, uh, you could mistake you make is picking the wrong uh, Netflix show, so... <laughs> Oh. We've changed from talking cars to the British uh, group, the Wiggles. The, yes. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. You got to get that story sorted out. I mean, my you know. kids watch the Wiggles. My my oldest is a sophomore in college, and my <laughs> my youngest is a freshman in high school. But we watch the Wiggles religiously. We watch the OG Wiggles, where uh-huh. where you know it was uh, Anthony and Murray. And uh, oh God, who was the who's who was the yellow one? Anyway. <laughs> Do you do you do you have any of those songs memorized, Dominic? Um, it's starting to because we've kind of burned through different series that were her favorite. Yeah, it was like Little Baby Bomb, which is the nursery rhyme thing, and now she's like she's too cool for it because she's two. You know, she's like walking with a swagger, like I'm two. I don't need don't that. Don't even give me that little baby bum stuff anymore. I'm way bigger than that. So now the Wiggles get her engaged, and she's because they like they talk to her and she has to do the dances, and so she's. Uh, I'm learning them now. It's it's getting uh, into my deep into my subconscious. Let's see if Dominic knows this one. Fruit salad, yummy, yummy. Do you, you know that one? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard that a few times. <laughs> I was going to ask you as we kind of go out of chronological order. You know, you're a dad now. You've got a two year old. How did that kind of change life and perspective for you when all of a sudden you've got this little bean that calls you dad? <laughs> oh man, I mean. Um, it was it was incredible because I, I I think of myself as just being like, you know, kind of like with that military discipline of like whatever my goal is, just like you know, figure it out, make yeah. make no excuses for it, just just accomplish that goal. And um, we had Lindy; uh, she was born July 18th, and then the AC 100 that I signed up for two years ago. Uh, that was two and a half weeks later. So she was a two and a half week year old baby that, you know, they have these things, they put off these pheromones and they're just super cute and soft and curly. And I thought, Oh yeah. Like my wife will be, you know, kind of in the background uh, at the aid stations and uh, maybe she'll help me a little bit or not, but you know, it'll just be cool. Like I'll just have like the kid there and uh, and I'll finish the race. So it'd be all good. And that was my first DNF on that course. Uh, because as I went through the the day, I was actually running pretty decently well, but I'd leave the aid station and I would just be like a sobbing, like pile of mush because, (laughs) because I'd hug her and she'd like, she'd kind of whimper and, and like, and I'd feel like her little, uh, fingertips, like, you know, I'd give her a kiss and then, um, you know, they put off kids, put off those pheromones when they're born so that you bond with them. Yeah. Yeah. And like my whole, like body was just like no i want to stop and and be with my kid like right now and and so i made it to i think mile 60 that day and i was like i'm my i can't focus on running and this is not happening and i just like uh pulled the plug because i just wanted to be with her so bad it was like such an emotional draw um the next year i did finish when she was uh one yeah um and she was there all day and she was cheering me with a go dad shirt and everything but um Man, that first, like, what right when she was born, I just a pile of motion. And I realized that uh, going forward from there, I've become, I found ways to love her more, and I found ways to love her and also take care of myself. Yeah. And um, 
And so we have like a good, you know, balance going where like, I'll miss her a lot when I'm on a long run or I'm on a trip or whatever, but I'll know that, um, you know, she'll be there and I'll come back and it'll be, it'll be all for the best. So go back three years before Mm -hmm. Dominic Grossman is dad. Did you ever think that you could love something as much as a child? Oh, I mean, it was, it was actually a great uh, analogy. One of my coworkers um, told me, she, she said, you know, uh, at first they're like little aliens and you're like, okay, you're mine and I'll and take you, care of you. And you stink. Right. <laughs> right. And, you're, and you're like, I think I love them. Yeah, I love them. I, I care for them. Yeah. yeah. But they're just little, you know, aliens that don't really talk and, and they're bald and they, they don't really look like anything. Right. Um, they smell good, but, um, you know, they just kind of are like this thing. And then uh, every, she, she said, basically every day I love my kid a little more. And some days, you know, they really test it. But at the end of the day, I love them more. I love them more. And um, and basically, it's like you, you can't believe that you would appreciate um, when you're not really a parent person. Yeah. And especially ultra runners, you know, we're like, we're in it for ourselves. We're kind yes. of like, I've got my tunnel vision on. This is my race. And if you mess up my race, you know. I kill you. Get out of my way. <laughs> and, uh, and kids are the opposite, right? Because kids are like no, like give me more attention and give me some more and some more and more attention. And for me, it became like a thing of like, you know, at first I was like, okay, you know, I'll try to keep her alive for a few years. You know, it's, you know, just not joking, but like kind of like not really like thinking much beyond that. Like, okay, I, I feed you, I change your diaper, I feed you. We're cool. Right. And then it became like, my heart just grew more and more. Now it's, um, it's like, if she's really upset, um, I can't be a bad cop for all that long. You know, she's got like, she knows the timer and, and I just have a lot of like appreciation for her. Okay. Does your wife have to be the bad cop? Are you good cop and she's bad cop? Oh, I mean, we, we try to just keep her confused. Uh, our daughter, <laughs> Lindy. I'm guessing game. We'll go yeah. bad cop, bad cop some days. Some other days we'll go good cop, good cop. You know, we'll just like, um, cause like, I think that was like one thing I, my mom hated when my dad would be good cop, bad cop with her. Yeah. And uh, so I was like, you know, I, I figure Katie more than anything else. Sometimes she just needs me to be a bad cop. So we, we kind of just, uh, um, we work together. We try to work together. Yeah. I'd, I'd say if she was here, she'd say we're, we can both be the bad cop. So. Okay. All right. You mixed it up a little bit. I will say Dominic, as a father of teenagers, you, know, you talked about those, those pheromones when they're real little and those, your those bonding moments of the, the touch and they want to be near you. So you grow this attachment. Um, they put off something as teenagers. It, it, it doesn't smell quite nice. It's it's quite a reek, uh, Dominic. And then that that helps you push away from them. Like, so so oh, good. I'm good. <laughs> so, so you're thinking right now, like I don't know if I could ever let this little girl go. I'll tell you, they go through some times when they're teenagers. You're like, okay, I'm ready for this kid to get to go. It's time. <laughs> right. <laughs> they can leave the nest a bit. But but back to your running, Dominic. At some point, you put it together and start seeing some success. Do you remember that moment when it was no longer Dominic running middle of the pack, but Dominic running to the front of the pack? Yeah, I had, um, I, there, I was lucky that there were some other good runners in Southern California, um, that I would, uh, cross paths with and just like, you know, uh, get, you know, long run scheduled together or whatever. We just would like talk as much as we could and, and try to figure things out. And, and the tough thing is like, you've got to just make those trial and error things happen and then take all the advice and, and put it all together. And, you know, reminder back in the day in like 2009, um, I started to have a little bit of success in like 50 K's and 50 miles was that you don't, um, you don't have YouTube really. Uh, I think like ginger runner was like 2011, yeah, maybe, yeah. um, you don't have YouTube. Um, people don't really post on Instagram, like, you know, long, several paragraphs of, mm-hmm. of advice. Um, you, and, and even when you go to a race, people are just, um, like you'll talk at the finish line, but at the finish line, it's like, you're kind of the furthest from the next race. Yeah. So before the race, you know, it's kind of quiet. Um, and I just didn't know a lot of people, but I, I knew a few people and I talk with them and, and, um, they do all these different types of things. Like they try to apply like this hammer guide to nutrition and whatnot, 
which would tell you like to drink milkshakes of like protein uh, drinks because the hammer guy nutrition which is written for riding your bike across america the, yeah. the ram race yeah they say you know make this double strength um bottle of uh, perpetua and drink it and then have a bottle of water and like that's like terrible for running in the heat like you, <laughs> right. you should throw up if you do that <laughs> if you don't throw up um no offense to I, I think most people that use hammer products and i'll try and use the gels and they, they they you know only gently use the other things yeah let's be honest too there's only one gel that's worth actually having for hammer and that's huckleberry. the yes the montana yeah. huckleberry oh I've had, I've had a few of those oh it's so disappointing when you go into an aid station and it's a hammer race and you're like raspberry oh, oh. god you're out of Montana huckleberries or they have Montana huckleberries and you grab a couple of them to stick in your pack for later. Like or said, you're like, okay, they have this heat thing. I'll try that. And then, you know, you're puking your guts out. <laughs> right. Wrong or whatever. And yeah, no, it, there was a lot of like uh, trial by fire, but I think it was um, some of like the Sam Lock Mountain 50 Ks and stuff where I just started to like click along and, and um, you know, I, I had started like with like, um, the the nutty bars from like nature valley with like the nuts and like the peanut butter on it yeah i tried that i tried like gatorade water down gear i tried accelerate which was this like very early recovery drink with uh carbs and print i tried all these things but i kind of just got to the point of like i couldn't make any more mistakes <laughs> your attention is needed <laughs> dad did well, we put the wrong movie wants, on. I mean, maybe she can join for a little bit. Maybe, maybe she can. Maybe yeah, she bring can. her on All in right. Let's All see right. how that goes. This is going to be her first interview. We could, yeah. All right. Let's have a look. Come in. Yeah. Come on. Want to say hi? Hi. How are She's you? Like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Who are these oh, strange okay. people that are talking to my dad on the screen? Who's that? <laughs> Want to say hi? Hi. How are you? Are you watching What's the Wiggles? Doing? Are the Wiggles on the on the movie? On TV, get ready to wiggle. My favorite was Big Red Car. Oh, yeah. Like big red to to chug-a-chug a big red car. They will travel near and will travel far. To, to chug-a-chug a big red car. She's not having it. Yeah, <laughs> she is not. No. Oh, <laughs> there, there we go. <laughs> little grin. I saw that. <laughs> well, you're welcome to join your dad on this episode, young lady. Yeah. Do you want to join? Yeah, you're Do you good. Want to sit with me for a little bit. We'll yeah, sit. You sure can. We'll yeah, we sit for a bit. It's all good. Yeah, all right. we we had the just the weirdest timing. She normally like would nap from like two to four, but she she was off her schedule and she she woke up woke up right when you guys were um, at five. Ah, uh, no worries. Five seven year time. Um, so it's just been like weird, but we'll try our best. Yeah, no problem. Um, no problem, Dominic. We were talking about like putting it all together. You tried all these, these different things. And eventually you, you, you put it together and you started seeing some success. What was the first, what was the race where you kind of fired on all cylinders and you said like, oh, okay, I might have something here. Right. Yeah. I think uh, it's probably one of those early, like 2009 or so. I think like in the fall of 2009, had a 50k um at a point magoo and it just came together and um i think i was i got made fun of because i wore i didn't have like great running stuff but um so i wore like a nick van exel lakers jersey from like if you if you hey. i don't know if you like watch the lakers back no. in like the 90s you said great running stuff now now greg armstrong who we just interviewed recently he makes his own shoes so i mean you know i'm just saying oh. right right so running in a lakers jersey that was almost your thing yeah yeah and people were like who is this guy like what what is his deal and um but it came together and i think that was like kind of me realizing oh you know like um pacing nutrition and uh you know saving some for the last quarter of the race like wow think you know good things can happen and and uh and that was kind of like the I, I think i made a post recently about how you know um being a runner or doing a tough race doesn't make you a, a good person right but it's the process of going through it that makes you and and if you if you choose to engage in the process because um you know you can you can avoid being a good person if you really want to if you're just really focused on other things right and i think for me that was like that was where i was figuring out okay if i do these things right uh, if I'm organized, if I'm, if I'm confident, if I'm, if I'm, uh, measured and, and, uh, 
and uh, you know, then then better things will <clears throat> better results will come out of it. And so I think for me that was like learning about my my racing and myself that you know bu- building confidence um, in the civilian world about okay you know I I really want to become an engineer and have a real job and everything I want to graduate I want to I want to do well um, you know it's it's not like it just you just have to instantly be be good at it you can uh, you can have some mistakes some mistakes along the way you can learn from those mistakes uh, and as you learn from those mistakes and build character you know you can you can be more successful. Now, you are one of the few runners of celebrity status, and you're, that probably makes you roll your eyes a little bit. But, you, Dominic, you, do have, you, you were kind of one of the early celebrities of ultra sure. running, but you're one of the few that actually has a job other than <laughs> posting on Instagram and running all the time. How do you balance being a professional runner with some, with some fame with actually having a job, too, as well? Um. Yeah. So there was a a period where I was really jealous of the runners that got, you know, the, the opportunities to, to make it um, a full-time thing. Yeah. And I think, uh, that six, like success is always kind of one of the, the the greatest saboteurs of, of whatever you're trying to do in the long run. If you have initial success, sometimes that can take away and distract you from long-term success. And for me, I just wasn't quite, I didn't quite have the opportunity, the, the financial opportunities. I had, you know, school debts to pay. I had, um, you know, just more responsibilities that I couldn't um, let go of. And so it never became like enough of a, of a, of a thing where I could make enough money off of it. And so um, I just kind of looked at it like, yeah, uh, this is what I did at the academy. I was uh, studying for, you know, 10, 12 hours a day. I was running for three hours a day and going from that and then having whatever military duties I had um, mixed in there, going from that to, okay, I only have to work eight, nine hours a day and I only have to you know drive an hour and a half or so total round trip. Um, wow, I've got tons of time on my hand because right. I don't have to do homework at night. You know, this is great. And I, and I just kind of would fill my time in the mornings and uh, lunch and uh, in the evening with running and cross training. It became like a, yeah, you can totally have it. Like, I just didn't believe that you couldn't be a good ultra runner and have a job. I just rejected that. And um, in the long run, it worked out for me because uh, some of my, my con- counterparts of the time, they, they burned out faster on the sport. Um, like Dylan Bowman's kind of one of the few that's like stuck with it persistently. And, uh, a lot of the other ones like Mike Wolf and Hal Corner that I was, I, I kind of grew up sure. running with and against, they, they were more talented than me, but they also had more injuries. Um, they, they, some of them like Mike Wolf had quit his job for a couple of years and he, he was one of the first cases of, uh, overtraining syndrome. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he ended up, uh, opening up his own gym, um, his cross ranger in mountain, uh, what's it called? The mountain project in Montana. Um, but yeah, like they, I think everyone kind of had their own uh, path to go. I just realized that my path was, was appropriate for me because I really did like engineering. Like it is a passion of mine. Um, I work in aerospace now uh, for a company, General Atomics, that makes drones for the military. Um, I really love it every day. It's uh, exciting to, you know, uh, work on the next generation of new, uh, new, new hardware, and and it, it means a lot to me. So, um, do I wish I could have like traveled the world more and and done other things? Yeah, but I but I still have the means to do it if I want. Well, after COVID, I right, have the means right. to travel the world and do what I want, and so I'm uh, I'm all I'm, I'm like not bitter about it all and happy about it uh, completely. Does it keep you humble because you got guys at work that don't care? Like you got free up friends at work that are like, yeah, yeah, Dom, we don't we don't care about what you do on the That's weekends. It, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll like you know come in from a race uh, on a Monday morning limping um, when I did go to the office and I'd be limping. They'd be like, oh not so good of a runner are you and i'd be like no i'm not no <laughs> i just would agree with them flat out you're right like well i'm in a good walker right now i'm a, I'm a pretty bad walker at that so you're the and weird then, guy you're the yeah. weird guy at work and, dominic they're like that's that grossman guy he runs here he like, comes here he comes here again comes, here comes the ultra runner Dominic Grossman runs like a hundred miles. What's wrong with that guy? Well, and it, it was great too. Like I got made fun of cause uh, one of the engineers that works for me, 
he uh, and I were trained for AC the same year that Lindy was born. Yeah. And I, you know, was trying to like get him up to speed and teach him everything I knew. And he ended up um, finishing the race and I ended up dropping at mile 60. So uh, he basically just told everyone like, yeah, I beat my boss. And I just want everyone to know just in case he doesn't give me a good review that I beat him. And, but it's, but you know, I, I deserve a good review. And I was like, dude, I've ran, that race six times i've ran hours faster than you don't worry and he, he still was like yeah but you're just you're gonna be a little bit bitter in december when you're reviewing me i was like yeah. whatever <laughs> whatever whatever bro yeah now dominic when i was interviewing lewis Wu from koros watches he said that when they when they first started they reached out to 60 professional runners mm-hmm. and, and you and i believe sally mccray were the only ones that responded to his email. And he said that you really kind of helped them develop the early watches. How did that whole thing go down? Oh, um, I didn't, when I saw the first watch, the pace, I didn't even know it was a GPS watch. I just like saw the picture of it and I was like, is this like, is this a, like some type of like Fitbit thing that doesn't have GPS? Let me help her for a second. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. We'll pick up with Dominic. In just a second. <laughs> it's awesome. Do you remember, Jeff, when your kids were that young? That was a while ago. Yeah, but I never watched the Wiggles. Well, the Wiggles weren't around when your they kids were. were I was in the Wiggle-free zone. What, what was the popular show when your kids were young? It would have been, what, the 80s, right? Emmett Otter. Emmett Otter? Yeah. What about the Berenstein Emma, Bears? Emmett Otter and the Jug Men. Okay, that was good. What about yeah. Berenstein Bears? Did you have to read those? Eh, yeah, a okay. few of those. The Berenstein Bears, which everyone calls the Bernstein Bears, but they're the Berenstein Bears. So, Dominic, we'll pick up right. So you, so you get you respond to the email, like many people, they just kind of put it in the delete yeah. box. You're like, eh, okay, let's see what there is to this, and they show you the first pace, and you're like, what the hell is this? Yeah, no, I, I thought it was like, because it looked too small and, and almost flimsy to be like a real GPS watch. And then I saw that they're claiming it got um, 25 hours or something, or 30 hours. And I was like, well, maybe this could, maybe this could be cool. Maybe it could work. Hold on a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of was like, I actually do want to test this and see what happens, because I don't believe that's going to, to last that long. And um, there was definitely some bugs at the start, but, you know, um, so I work in uh, uh, systems engineer, fuel systems, which we call systems engineering. And uh, what I know about our equipment is, is that the hardware is, is what it is, right. um, but the software is what keeps it alive year after year after year. And sometimes, you know, um, you don't get a budget for software. Sometimes you, you do, but that, that software support is what really makes the, the, the gear tick. And um, how quickly they fixed bugs that I found, because I I think I was you know they, they initially you know launched it just for for more um, city runners, and I was running you know some steep canyons and whatever, and sometimes right. I'd lose a signal and it wouldn't pick it up again, and it had all these bugs, and I just was like, hey, you know here's another issue, I'd send it in, send it in, and every issue got fixed, and so. Their, their approach to software is much more robust than some of the other competitors that I'd ran for, uh, ran with. I'd ran with the Garmin before, um, the original like um, gray and orange 405 yep, looking yeah, like a little yeah. laptop on your wrist. Yeah. Um, I'd ran with uh, Sunto Ambit and each one of those, they always had these you know different software problems and sometimes they just would persist for like months. And I was really annoyed by that um, and the fact that you know they never had problems with uploading to strava it was actually like a running joke at the time was that moves count would get your run but it wouldn't go to strava <laughs> and tim tolson would just like scream you know bloody murder on twitter like i am not wearing this watch for looks i'm wearing it for function why can't you upload on sunday nights when i need to get my mileage because he's like you know he's he's a um totally like addicted to you know his high mileage weeks and oh, he yeah. wants to have to document them. I need the data. And, um, and I told him like, after a f- uh, running with them for a few months, I was like, you know, you might, you, you, you might not expect it, but this is a better watch than that. Like fancy $600, uh, Sunto, Cause at the time all they had was the pace for like 250 bucks. So, right. And I was like, this is better than that watch that you're wearing. 
like, trust me on it. And he's like, are you sure? And I was like, no, I'm serious. Like I'm, I, I know there's not like a lot of other ultra runners out there that are using it, but I'm serious. And, uh, little by little, I think building that relationship with like what ultra runners expect, what, what reliability, reliability they need, what features they need. Uh, I think it kind of opened the door and helped, uh, more, more ultra runners discover the, the brand and understand like they're serious, they're sincere. I mean, uh, Lewis himself, as you event, interviewed him, he's yeah. an amazing athlete. Um, so they have more in common with ultra runners than, you know, just, uh, a sleek, sexy, you know, um, ad campaign from another, uh, uh, big corporation that doesn't have necessarily the budget, uh, in the right place to support what runners really need, which is reliability and, and endurance. Do you feel bad, Dominic, for the person who still has the Ambit Three, like I had, and they're trying? <laughs> they just finished a run, and they've been mm-hmm. waiting. Now they they said, you know, I'm gonna sync my run with Moves Count and get it on Strava, and they started it, and they're like, I'm gonna listen to this episode of the Adventure Jogger with Dominic Grossman, and here we are, 40 minutes in, and they're still waiting for that damn thing to sync. Are you, do Uh-oh. you feel sorry for those people, Dominic? <laughs> so. Uh- <laughs> So, so full full circle that that uh, runner um, that works for me he he runs on the the, the Sunto team yeah um, and he, the other week he his uh, he did a run and he uh, his run with his girlfriend up this uh, 14er out here in California and uh, he was ahead of her and you know he ran a really great great time he actually ran like uh, for what Strava knows is the FKT and uh, somehow some way his he was on top of this 14,000 foot peak. He, he was near the summit. He was walking around it and it didn't register that he had passed the, uh, he had, you know, ended the segment. And so no. the record and she, even if she was like 15 minutes behind him, she gets the overall record. And then he gets like, it finally registers like 15 minutes later as he's up there and it finally registers. And he's like, what the heck? Like, this is kind of annoying. Like I'll come back and do it again, but this is kind of annoying. And I was like, I have never had that happen with the Coros. <laughs> and no, you actually, I, he actually was with me when Lewis came and visited and Lewis gave him a free watch as well. Um, yeah, but he just, you know, he, his girlfriend runs for Sunto, so he decided to run for them. And I was like, I'm, I'm sorry, man. Like, you know, we'll we'll come back and do this again as many times as you need to. But I, I've never had that problem with a, a Coros. Do you remember? And this was a couple years ago, Dominic, when there was a lot of runners on running for North Face, mm-hmm. and North Face at the time was just making some real shit shoes. Like that, it was, and and so the the a couple of guys that ran for North Face were running in Pearl Azumis with the logos ripped off. Yeah, <laughs> do you remember that? Oh yeah, it was like that, and they, even the packs they'd have like someone packs. They put patches over them and stuff. Right, yeah. right. So you'd, you'd see it all the time. You'd see someone going like, "What North Face shoe is that?" You're like, "Oh, that's the that's a Pearl Azumi N 2 That's the yeah. that's the trail N two with the logos ripped off. What you have yep. to do is you have to have him take the old Ambit 3, gut it, and then, like, put a <laughs> like, like, put, internals. Put the Apex in there. <laughs> yeah, he could, get, he could just spray paint Suto on the band, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of bands, yeah. I was a little disappointed that Lewis wasn't going to do a limited edition Dominic Grossman mustache band. <laughs> You know, it's, it's funny. Like I, I thought, you know, they'd be like really into that stuff. And every, every time I have like a, a sponsor, I'm like, Hey, you want to like put some mustaches? And they're always like, you know, our market research doesn't show that there's a big collectors of mustache related paraphernalia. Like they're, they're more interested in like more austere, you know, what this or that or whatever. I'm like, okay, whatever. whatever. No, what they, you're lost. Right. You'll, you'll come around. You'll see it eventually. Well, if they just took the, the, the new nylon bands that they have, if they were just take a black one and call it Dom's stash black, that's <laughs> right. There you there go. Is, is all you need. Let's talk about that for a moment. Dominic, you are known for your mustache. What is the origin of the stash? The, the origin. Um, oh, hang on. Daddy we're going to get, get the story on Dominic's mustache in just a minute. By the way, Jeff. Oh, my. Yeah. You don't. Would you consider you have a mustache and a goatee? Yeah. Have you ever thought like maybe your silver singles profile would get more hits if you just got rid of the goatee and had the stash? I don't know. You might want to give that a try. Or 
Or maybe dye it black. Maybe dye, yes! Dye everything black. If you dyed your, your stash and go, get rid of the goatee and dyed your stash yeah. black, you might get a lot more hits on I Silver Singles. I might get singles. my own watch band, too. You might get your own watch band. It'd be great. You get you get a lot of hits on Silver Singles. There you and go. maybe your own watch band. <laughs> um, Silver Singles, by the way, Dominic, is a dating site for the elderly. Oh. Jeff is on that right now. Man, so rude. Cruising I'm sorry. No, it's a thing. It's an actual thing. So, okay. Oh, it actually is. Okay. It is. It's a real it's thing. A real thing. Oh, Dominic, you won't get I emails. I can show you the right. email. Yeah. You won't get emails for silver silver singles for another 30 years, so nothing to nothing to worry about. Um, yeah. But what was the origin of, of the stash? Oh, the origin of the mustache. Um, I was, I think it was, um, may have been around Badwater. I'm not sure. But it kind of became like a, a thing where... Uh, uh, I was graduating from engineering my, with my engineering degree end of 2010. And uh, my dad was an engineer for, you know, decades before me. And I was like, Oh, well, if I'm going to be graduating as an engineer, I'm going to, you know, trim a mustache then. Yeah. And uh, is that picking up? Nope. You're good. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to trim this mustache in and uh, I, I trimmed the mustache in. It was like, yeah, I think this is cool, and it's weird. It's own weird way. It's like uh, I'm like, I think there's a, there's a, a parallel with like being a, a long ultra distance trail runner and uh, cowboys. You know, cowboys just have this like they're in the saddle for days at a time. Uh, you know, all through the night or whatever, doing their 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 deal. And um, as a, a ultra runner, you're also just like you're on the trail, dirty, roughed up for. You know, you're a real Sam Elliott. You're using similar trails, yeah. even uh, out west, similar trails to like herding trails and stuff. So I just kind of thought of it as like, yeah, this is like my homage to like the the original um, Caucasians of the West, you know, if you will. When did it become uh, the thing where you're like, oh crap, I <sighs> I can't get rid of it. I can't. I, no, I have it. to keep it. It's my thing now. It's my trademark. I can't get rid of it. Oh, it's probably. Uh, like 2015 because i'd go back and forth between like a beard and shaving it and and uh, i kind of uh realized like when it was our wedding and i was had this big just fluffy mustache <laughs> on my wedding photos i was like all right i think it's gonna stay it's gonna stay for a long time <laughs> can you imagine like if you shaved it right you know like dominic were like you're like I'm, I'm tired of this i'm more than just a mustache for crying out loud i'm a dad I'm an engineer. You know, I, I, I helped Koros develop their watches. I, I'm more than just this mustache. And like you shave off the mustache, right? And the local running like Fleet Feet is like, come see Dominic Grossman at Fleet Feet Los Angeles. Meet yeah. Dominic Grossman himself. Yeah, run, we got my picture and everyone's right, like, everywhere. Oh, right. got the mustache. Who's right, this right, guy? Exactly. Yeah. And it's like everyone's showing up like, <laughs> man, we're going to run our group run on Thursday night with Dominic Grossman and then he's going to sign his, his new book or he'll sign my, my Apex for me or whatever. And then you get there, freshly shaven Dominic Grossman and everyone's like, no one recognizes what you. What happened? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, it totally would be a good way to go incognito at, at events. I just would sunglasses, no mustache. Usually people put on a mustache to confuse people, but I would take it off. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is the way. Yeah. This is the way, like, if you don't want to mess your ultra sign-up stats up. You just, yeah. Yes. Oh, this is the way to not screw up your ultra sign-up stats. If you just want to do a race incognito and see how it rolls. You Fictitious go, name account? You go as Don gross lady and you don't like you don't have any any mustache and you just kind of roll it out and it doesn't like if you have a bad day it's it no big that, deal that is an awesome dad joke don <laughs> I, I love that you save save that one in your back pocket don because you oh, never know <laughs> when you're gonna need some dad jokes yeah one thing that i've always respected about you don is you've actually ventured outside of of the west coast and you've done some other races. You've even made some trips out here where we're at on the yeah. East Coast. What are some of your favorite races that you've done out here? Oh, yeah. I, I, I got to do the uh, the Mount Mitchell Challenge. And yeah. that's yeah. like awesome. The, the year I did it, we had to run on the road on that upper um, approach to the summit. Yeah. Because um, there's too much snow and ice. Um, but that was super cool. Um, my... Uh, parents retired for a period of time to Asheville and North Carolina. Yeah. Um, and then they, my mom wanted warmer weather. So she went to Florida 
um yeah. you know kind of just the stereotype i guess yeah stereotype um but uh yeah they uh had cousins and um in uh, north carolina um did the georgia death race that's also mm-hmm. another just awesome race uh i think that course you know when you like when you want to ask people to qualify for Western States, that course is great. Cause it's kind of like steep and rugged in the first yeah. quarter. And then, um, there's some, you know, deeper canyons in the middle. And then at the end, it actually, until that last looper in Amicola, um, it gets pretty nice actually at the end and you start to pick up speed and stuff. And so it's a good primer. And I just love point to point races. I think anything has a good beginning, beginning, middle and end. Yeah. A, it's it's kind of like a natural call to run it. Have you done any uh, hundreds out east here? Uh, no hundreds yet. I've thought about doing them. My my friends have kind of encouraged me to, but um, you know, it, logistically, I've just kind of right. taken the easy route doing the uh, the West Coast hundreds and stuff. Well, and logistically too, and keeping you know traveling with a two year old. Oh yeah, there's that in the middle of nowhere. Now, your wife's first hundred was the Ozark Trails one hundred, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, she's from Missouri. She's from uh, St. Charles, South St. Louis. And then she ran that down in the, uh, uh, what's it called? Mark Twain national forest. Yep. And, uh, she <laughs> preach it. She, I think I'm going to give her, um, over to the outside TV. Yeah. You're, so she... you're good. Dominic. We can stall again. Yeah. You're, it's all good. This is the most real interview. That I it think I like, hold on. This is totally real. I got to change a diaper. Right. Hold this on. Is, this is how it works. <laughs> so you're getting the realness of my wife doing the dishes in the background while Jeff and I are, are doing a podcast because we've been doing some work on the house. Cab- like cabinetry. A, cabinetry. We've been doing some cabinetry. Uh, you may have heard my kids fight in the background, which is great because that's what teenagers Dog do. bark. Dog barking uh, as well, which is what's going on. Dominic dealing with a two-year-old and trying to keep the two-year-old entertained with, with the wiggles. Par for the course. This is the most real. This is three dads just talking about running, Dominic. Yeah. You know, and like... the. I think like the the real life that people kind of forget about when they they see like the the difficulties of parenthood and stuff is yeah. like yeah you have a tough time and then the next like moment is like magical and then the next moments you're you're wiping poop off your hands and stuff or and then other parts whatever <laughs> right right, right. You're, how'd that get oh it, geez. it's happened oh. where you, you said to yourself yeah. Dominic like how can such a little thing shit so much where is he where are they <laughs> hiding this. <laughs> Like, what, what did we give them? Right. Did they, like, did they eat something else? Yes. I, I particularly like it when it goes all the way up their back. Oh, no, you know, those like, are the you know, worst yeah. ones. Those are the worst ones when... Yeah. Like, kind of like, whoa. Like, okay. It's like, is that a okay. skunk stripe? What is that? Okay. To be honest, Dominic, have you ever... Like you, you, you may transition back and forth. Like your wife is gonna is going for a run, so you'll watch your daughter, and then she'll get home. Your turn, and you know she'll be home in about ten minutes. And mm-hmm. all this, you, you get a little whiff of a diaper that could be bad, <laughs> and you hold off on changing I'll, it. Uh, You're like, I think I can hold off I'm and not, make that transition. I, I'm not smelling. I'll just pretend right. I don't smell. That. Have you ever done yeah. that, Dominic? No, we we do that, and sometimes it's like this thing of like, well, whoever notices it first tells the other person, yeah, and because you've been told that they have a dirty diaper, then that's like the cue for you to go <laughs> and change it. It's, it's a weird thing. Okay, um, has she slept? She slept through the night already, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember this. I don't know if you had a similar story, Jeff or Dominic, but. This was when my wife and I, we had our first, Ava, you know, she's now, she's almost 19 years old. So it's been a while since this happened, but you know, she was starting to sleep longer through the night and you, you know, get up every three hours or something. And then at some point I didn't wake up at all. And I thought, oh my God, she slept through the night for the first time. And I woke up and looked at my wife. I said, this is great. I feel refreshed. Ava slept through the night. And my wife looked at me and said, no, Ava didn't sleep through the night. You slept through the night. I'm like, oh. Yeah, that's usually like when in that first year that happened like once or twice. And it was like a thing where whoever slept through the night was like, I really needed that. And (laughs) the other one was like, yeah, I could tell because you could not be budged. Yet you still develop this this super sense of hearing where – Everyone can be dead asleep in the house and your child lets out the tiniest little squeak and 
boom, you fly yeah. out of that bed, you know. Go, you just, go and check. You're like, what's, what's, yeah. what's wrong? What's going on? Or they sleep through the night, you grab a mirror and like put it next to their nose to see if they're yeah. still breathing because they're like, what is going on here? I can't believe oh, No, I definitely remember the first time she went through the night and we were like, holy. <laughs> wow. God, this this is the most impressive thing she's ever done. You know, she's kind of like picked her head up and propped herself around. She's kind of done some other tricks, but sleeping through the night, that is like, I'll tell you that for you to do that trick tomorrow. That's that dad sense. And maybe mom senses too. Never leaves you. Even when your kids leave home, I'll give you a good example. I have an old small dog that sleeps at the foot of the bed. Yeah. It's a good girl. Yeah. Sleeps most nights, but every once in a while, when you wake up and you hear that, you know you have got to get out of bed right then and there. That dog's going to barf on your, on your sheets. You, and you move so fast. It's just crazy. Oh, I mean, I, I've got plenty of stories about just like dad responses that I didn't know I had, like reflexes I didn't right. know I had. And you'll, she'll just do dumb stuff left and right. And I'll be like, Catch. Yes. Catch. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to dive off the back of the couch. Gotcha. Right. Boom. They, they, yeah. they start walking and they're the most uncoordinated, wobbly things. It's like they got this head that weighs like half their body weight <laughs> and they're like, yep. blah, blah, blah. and you know, and you're, and, and then the, you're, you know, you grab them right before, right before their head smashes on the glass the corner table, of the coffee table, the corner yeah. of the coffee table. You grab them like, oh, and like you'd have no yeah. idea where that came from. No, it just comes with the job. I think it's like uh, you get these um, uh, deep, you know, survival instincts that just kick in and and you're like, yeah, that's why I'm here is because I have a long line of dads behind me. That's right. I've gotten all those things. Like my my wife like asked that too. Like, what if I'm not a good mom? Like, will I be a good mom? Will it it all work out? It's like, well, like in your family, there's large families that have been born, you know, successively, right. um, lots of like big families and stuff. So I was like, I think it's in your DNA. I think you're going to do it. And so sure enough, she's been a pretty, pretty dang good mom. Other than, you know, taking uh, eight hours to do a run. She's been pretty <laughs> like, yeah, what's up with that? Are you sure you're running all that time, by the way? Yeah. She's going to come home, be holding your, your daughter and she's going to be crying and she's going to look at you like, Oh, did you have a good day? You're like, yeah, it was a great day. I tried to do an interview with these two guys and <laughs> had to watch the Wiggles and had to do some work. Yeah, I, and yeah, when I'm when I'm on my like my work meeting call stuff, I'm like working the the mute button religiously because I'm like I don't want to be that one guy. And then you feel like you get really nervous for a second because you're like, someone's listening to the Wiggles. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, would you please out. mute your phone? Uh, Who's ever I'm listening not, to the I'm Wiggles? Not yeah. Jerk today, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the heart attack one, one of my engineers is trying to call me out because that occasionally happens and i was like hey i was on mute and i know for a fact it was and i was like because you'll see like on the uh, webex like who's talking I'm like i know it was you dave i know it was you and then he's like he's all like called out and it's like that's listen good. that's not my wiggles because right now my daughter's watching an episode with captain feather sword and i yeah. didn't hear the feather sword song <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, you watched a lot of Wiggles. I watched a lot of Wiggles. I, I, you know, it's funny that it's it's 15 years later and I can still remember half of those songs. But man, oh, those yeah. those guys pulling some serious money. There was a time when the Wiggles were the four richest men in Australia. They were making more money than Crocodile Dundee and oh, wow. and the 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 guy who plays Thor. They were making more money Jeez. than this guy. That's well, yeah, that and I'm guessing now with YouTube and stuff, the proliferation of YouTube, like there's different channels on there that are like billions of views per month. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. Dominic, we're going to let you go back to being a dad. I really appreciate you coming on the Adventure Jogger and just, you know, sharing some stories and talking some dad stuff. It's, It's been quite a bit of fun. Yeah. No, I appreciate you guys having me on. And, um, I, I just want you to know that Lindy will eventually listen to this one day and be incredibly embarrassed and just be like, wow, I was a jerk. I was like, yeah, you woke up at 5 p.m. You felt kind of weird. You tried to take over the podcast. Exactly. Exactly. This is your first podcast. That's so great. Dominic, you have a great night, man. Yeah, you too. I appreciate it. 
We are 100% listener supported. You can make a monthly pledge on our Patreon page. Just search The Adventure Jogger on Patreon or go to theadventurejogger.com. Join the community on Facebook and Instagram by searching The Adventure Jogger. And subscribe to The Adventure Jogger wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. 